0: The Holy Gospel of Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus began to teach his disciples that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. You're probably familiar with the phrase, that's not a hill worth dying on. Right, it's a phrase that we use to kind of help us put things in perspective, right? Is the matter at hand really all that important, right? Is it a life or death kind of issue? Or is it something maybe that's a little bit more minor? This question does raise the question for us though, what is worth dying for? What's more important than your life? What's more important than your heart continuing to beat? Maybe you might die for a loved one, a family member, or a friend. Maybe you might die for your country. Or maybe for an idea like freedom or justice. Jan Hus, who was a Christian scholar, priest, who lived in the uh, second half of the 1300s and He spent most of his adult life in Prague, studying and ministering there. As Huss studied the scriptures and read other people's writings, people like John Wycliffe, he began began to have some differing views of what the established church was saying during his day. He came to believe that the Bible was to be the final authority for the life of the church and not the pope. He also was very critical of the sell of indulgences. Indulgences were originally were part of the act of repentance of sin. And um, if you wanted to kind of make things right with your neighbor after sinning against them, then you might go and do a particular thing to make it right, right? If you stole your neighbor's chicken, the priest might tell you, hey, you need to maybe go do some service to your neighbor to make that act right. Right? There was this acting out of your... Confession and your contrition and your repentance. By the time of Jan Hus, the church was mostly selling indulgences. And for many people, it wasn't connected to any genuine desire to repent and to change their lives. It was very commercial, it was very transactional, right? You sin, you go to the church, you buy an indulgence, and that was that. This was a major way that the church financed its operations. Both good things like running and maintaining hospitals and less good things like funding the wars of the Pope. Jan was critical of selling these indulgences. He saw them mostly as a way for the church to line its coffers while oppressing the poor. Eventually he was arrested and he was put on trial in 1415 and he was given the choice recant of all your teachings and your writings and all of your criticism against the church and you can go on and continue to live your life or don't recant and you'll be burned at the stake Jan had to make a choice are the things that i've been teaching and saying and writing about are they worth my life he decided that they were he felt that the things that he was saying were more important than his continued existence. And as he was tied to the stake and being prepared to be burned, he was given one last chance to repent. And then he said this in response, the principal intention of my preaching and of all my other acts or writings was solely that I might turn men from sin And in that truth of the gospel that I wrote, taught, and preached, in accordance with the sayings and expositions of the holy doctors, I am willingly, gladly to die today. He refused to recant even then, and he was burned at the stake. As an aside, uh, unfortunately, most Christian martyrs in our history have been killed by other Christians. We have not always done the best job of loving one another. Now maybe you wouldn't have made the same choice that Jan made on that day. But Huss thought that the truth of the gospel was a hill worth dying on, and he did so. Keep that in mind as we take a look and consider our reading from Mark this morning. Here Jesus is talking to his disciples and crowds of people. And Jesus tells them, if you want to be my followers, if you want to be part of my club, here's all that you need to do. Deny yourself and take up your cross. That's what you need to do. Deny yourself and take up your cross. And remember here, as Jesus talks about the cross here, there is no religious or spiritual connection or meaning to the idea of the cross at this time. The cross is capital punishment. This is how the government executed people. When Jesus, what Jesus is saying would be like today, someone coming up to you and say, go pursue lethal injection. Go take the hangman's noose and wrap it around your neck. Someone tells you that, you don't rem- immediately begin to think about God or spiritual matters or holy things. You're thinking, whoa, hang on here. Why are you telling me to go and die? Jesus wants his followers to know that he expects that following him is a hill worth dying on. Jesus wants people to be fully committed to him. This is not a halfway kind of proposition that Jesus is offering to folks. This is not something to kind of just do for this time and then until something better comes along that you might want to make your life about. For Jesus, this is a full commitment of yourself. And for him, following him is more important than your life. As we see in our reading, Jesus has these same expectations for himself. He tells his disciples, hey, things are about to get rough. I'm going to be rejected. I'm going to suffer. The authorities are going to kill me. This is the path I'm on. And as far as Jesus is concerned, he and his followers are in the same situation. They are heading to the cross, heading to death. This is a serious and weighty matter. And it's kind of scary when Jesus is talking in this way. And many people over the years have heard these words of Jesus and said, yeah, that's not for me. I don't want to have any part to do with that. It's hard to accept the words of Jesus about dying and saying, hey, yeah, sign me up. I'm all in on this. But Jesus does have more to say. While Jesus is very clear about his call to follow him and to take up your cross, he also offers some paradoxical statements as he talks. He says, if you want to save your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will save your life. The image that's being offered here is, is you think about it, you're like, I have my life here, and I want to protect it, and I want to build walls around it, and I want to do everything I can to preserve it. I don't want to engage in risky endeavors and risky behaviors. I don't want to go where Jesus is going. I don't want to take up my cross. And Jesus says that if you do that, that you will lose your life. Because for Jesus, the only life that matters, the only life that's worth anything, is the abundant life that's with God and living in accordance with God's will. The only life that's worth anything is being in right relationship with God and right relationship with your neighbor. Instead, Jesus advises that you should take up your cross and following him. He says, you know, you lose your life and when you do that, you find a life that matters. You find the abundant life living in love for God and your neighbor. And this is the wonder of the paradox that Jesus presents to people. While at first glance it can look like Jesus is only asking for sacrifice, what he's actually saying is that in the giving up of your life, in the laying down of your life, that that's where you find true life. For the person that says yes to Jesus, there is death, there is taking up the cross. There's also life to be found. that can only be found through giving and sacrifice. And once you let go of self-protection, you are open to love and serve others. And you can find life there. For example, taking up your cross might mean that when someone insults you, you respond with kindness. You risk the loss of your reputation for the sake of a new relationship. Taking up your cross may mean not pursuing wealth and instead giving money to those in need. As Jesus said, what good is it to gain the whole world but to lose your soul? Taking up your cross may mean that when someone does violence against you that you do not respond with violence. These are the kinds of actions of love and giving that require sacrifice and it's what Jesus invites his followers to do. They require letting go of self-protection of ourselves. Now, you might be thinking, well, if I do this, if I go this route, if I join Jesus on this endeavor and I do take up my cross, and I love and I give him myself, and I don't cling to protect or save my life, right? why don't I just die in the end? Won't there just be death? And you are partly right thinking that. Living a life like Jesus is a life going towards death. This is what happened to Jesus. He was executed across. He died on a hill. To say that you are all in on Jesus means that you will die on the same hill with Jesus. But that is not the whole story. In our reading, after Jesus told people that he would die, he also told them that he would be alive again in three days. And that's what happened. Jesus did not stay dead on the cross on that hill. He came back to life. He lost his life but he found new life in resurrection. Beloved, all people who join the Jesus Club and take up their crosses, all the people who do that and deny themselves and live a life of love and service, all the people who die on that hill with Jesus, they too will be raised to new life just like Jesus was. If you lose your life, You will save it this is what john huss understood he understood that dying there on that day was not the end of his story and it's what allowed him to be faithful to jesus and to be faithful to Jesus' gospel and said that this is more important than my present life he knew that if someone killed him that god would raise him to new life that trust in the resurrection is what allowed him to be concerned with others and to love and serve and to give freely, not to live a life of trying to protect himself. Dear ones, you are not able to save your own life, no matter how hard you try, no matter matter how many doctors you go to, no matter how many walls of protection you put up around yourself, you cannot save your life. Death is coming for all of us. The questions we have to answer are, are we going to live a life of service and giving and love and following Jesus and doing what Jesus asked us to do? Because while we are not able to save our lives, God can save our lives. God is committed to doing that. And if you follow Jesus, God will do that for all of us. So today, embrace this hard teaching of Jesus and take up your cross. Love and serve and give. And also remember that what God did for Jesus in raising him from the grave, God will do for you as well.